Apple shares were just getting hammered this morning. Every day they're Emil, do you want to kick us off? Jitterbug? You jittery boy? You're all jittery? <laughs> you jittery? You nervous? Shut up! I'm jittery too. Good. It's episode three of the Trillionaire Mindset. Welcome. I'm Ben, and as always... I'm um, f- Fozzie Bear or something. Waka Waka. Before we get started, please check the disclaimer in the description. It's very important for everything that we're going to be talking about. You know, it just says that we're not professionals and please don't sue us. Etc. Go for it if you want. Let's dive right in. We got these, uh, yeah, sue us. Who cares, <laughs> right? We've got trillions of dollars to afford uh, proper counsel. We had some more funny comments to read this week, just right off the bat. We want to read a few. Um, yeah. Let's pull some up here. Faraz Ahmed says, the white guy looks like a dollar store Lego man. He's got the Lego haircut and the monotone voice. The Hawaiian guy is also cool. You don't look like a Lego man to me. I don't know who they're talking about. I don't know who they're talking about either. Maybe I'm he's white. got the wrong channel. Yeah, you're, you're white. You're, well, no, I'm not going to disclose <laughs> what my race is here, pal. We don't have a Hawaiian man working on Yeah, this I don't know who's Hawaiian. Uh, but I think you're the dollar store Lego man. I At least be. I hope, because I'm getting a lot of flack in the comments, as we'll see. And uh, Also, does that imply that there's a premium Lego level? Dollar store Lego man? What, I'm like a cheap Lego man? I resent that. Yeah. You look even worse than a regular Lego. I'm just going to operate like this the whole time. This is Lego hands. And I said you have a monotone voice. You fully I did don't a, have a monotone you fully voice. Did a, you did two very good impressions last. Two? Oh, yeah. I did the wrestling man and, and I did Nick, uh, Nick Cage. Let's go to the next comment. What do we got here? Emil looks like Gladys Berejiklian. Berejiklian. We had to look this woman up. Yeah, this one hurt. Apparently, she's a member of uh, of parliament in australia or something so i googled it and um they're not wrong they're not wrong buddy they're not wrong i don't want to be mean i'm sure she's not happy that she looks like me no somebody's got to tweet her and let her know and for just audio listeners if you can't see gladys berry and she kind of looks like uh like a young george clooney but i guess a a bit more rugged and handsome She's also racially ambiguous. You look at her and you're like, I don't know what I'm getting. Here. I would imagine she's Armenian because mm. of the Oh yeah, the, the last name. Yeah. Yeah. That's presumptuous, but you know, she could be white. I've never met someone with an IAN who wasn't. But yeah, I shouldn't assume. I it's okay. I look like uh the guy who played Napoleon Dynamite, John Heater. A little bit. No, like watch, pull him up real fast. John Heater. H E D E R. It's like the same person. I'll take off my glasses. I have, even though I have glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same guy. Wow, you do look like I a, look a lot. If you like take him. the glasses off, I know. Wow. I feel like I look like Millhouse, but he's kind of handsome when he's not. Are you saying that I'm not, or that I am? No, no, no. Just that it's not. You, yeah, you, you. No, no. So you were trying to make me feel better by saying it's all right. I look like John Heater. Uh huh. <laughs> but he's not. But they're saying I look like Gladys Berejiklian. I do look like some women. Um, I, I look exactly like my mom, but <clears throat> I don't have photos of my mom, obviously, if you were to Google her. But there, I, I do remember being compared to... My brothers used to say I look like Hillary Swank in Boys Don't Cry. 
but I've never seen it. That that was my old license photo because I had short little bangs on accident. It's not it, it's not accurate. Um. Anyway, what's our what what well, we got? Do we have any more comments we wanted to look at? I'm looking forward to Emil trying to make a Justin Bieber reference every week. Yeah, that one's gonna be tough. I don't know if I know any other Bieber stuff. There's Baby Baby Ooh, and I did never say never. Yeah, I don't think I have any more. Maybe I'll slip Peaches in somewhere, but don't count. Is that a song? Yeah, that's like his most. I don't want to sing it. I love Peaches. I'm Justin Bieber. I love Peaches in the. (laughs) It's like he's in the room. All right. Uh, oh, here's one last comment that I really liked from Summer Wood. The government doesn't raise money through death. Ben just does. Huh. That, uh, I'm getting nervous. There's a lot of people in the comments. I think they're joking, but they are saying they might kill their parents. They're, they better be joking because that is not a trillionaire mindset no. activity to partake in. Like I said, hugging parents is very good. And something that should be done because your parents, you only got, you only got two of them. Sometimes one, sometimes sometimes none. one, sometimes none. So actually, you've got anywhere between zero and two parents. And depending if you live in some kind of uh, communal living space, yeah, you, you actually, could have you could more. have multiple parents. Yeah, if God is your dad or something, I don't know if you ascribe to that sort of belief system. God is your yeah, dad. God is many people's dad. They call you him sound the like the. Um, Bagel boss guy. You are not my boss. You are not my God. You are not my father. <laughs> Bagel boss. Oh, bless him. So other people wanted to get to know us a little bit more and how Everyone we met. Everyone wants to know how we met for some yeah. reason. Do you want to start it off? We have a, a mutual connection that, that um, fatefully connected us. Sure. Uh, my very close friend said... What's his name? Who is this guy? Should we tell him who it is? Sure. It's our friend, Phil. It's our friend, Phil. He said, I got this guy. And he's never done this to me before. No, I don't think anyone really has. He was like, I got this guy I want you to meet. I think you're going to like him. What does he like, look like, you said? No, I said, okay. And then I just kind of didn't really think about it. Yeah. He said the same thing to me. He's like, you got to meet my friend Emil. You guys are both idiots. You're both going <laughs> to hit it off. You both are going to love each other. I just know it. You got to come. So he yeah. invited me over to a party at your house. Right. And he comes in. I was like talking to people and he comes in toward the end of the night and he comes and grabs me and he's like, Ben's here. You got to meet Ben. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then he just like put us together and he was like, Ben, this is Emil. Emil, this is Ben. And then we just kind of went, Hey, Hey, Hey man, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. And he was, he was very disappointed because he thought, he thought sparks were going to fly. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed too. I was like, damn, this guy doesn't like me. He's like, He's not like immediately being like, oh, we're supposed to be friends. I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Well, so then it kind of was a dud that night. The party continued. It was nice. And then I left. And then I don't even remember the next time I saw you. We might have gone to the beach together. It definitely all came together at the beach. Yeah. The beach was a big thing. We Um, used Yeah. We're going to have to give a, a photo of the two of us at the beach wherein you are on my shoulders. Oh, yeah, which we've done many times. Yeah, it's a fun bit where uh, we went to the beach just like every damn Saturday, this big group of us, obviously, Emil and I. And then we fell in love with each other. Fell in love. Good times. Became really close friends. Started climbing together. Yeah, climbing, bouldering. Uh, You're a much better climber than I am. This guy is so strong. You should see him without his shirt. You'll see it in the photo. Yeah, then try to call me Gladys Berejiklian. 
Yeah, try to call him that without his shirt on. <clears throat> he'll just he'll get those pecs going to doing the peck thing. We we can both do that. I don't even know how to do it. You don't know how to do it. You just wiggle your your boobies a little bit. You think so, we'll still be as close as friends while this is going on, or you think we'll just become like work friends? And I'll be like, that's just Ben. We go to like escape rooms together. And I stuff. certainly hope not, man. Yeah. We've already climbed once since this thing yeah. happened. I need to get back. I don't know. It was just I had that party. I feel like we didn't talk that much at it because it was like. We're always talking now. There will be more parties. Yeah. And there will be more talking. And plenty more podcasts, God willing. Right. If you keep liking and subscribing, people, I mean, come on. Keep liking and commenting. Subscribing, and rating whatnot. five stars, doing all the things, smashing your keyboard. Smashing it, breaking it. So next on the docket, okay. we wanted to this do is, some education. Yeah. I right. want to, you know, so on the first episode, we went heavily into your story. Yeah. And it sounds like. And we'll eventually get to yours. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but people are really, they want this kind of like 101 type of thing. And yeah. you you got into, you mentioned that you started, things started clicking for you when you got into the options trading. Yeah. And uh, I want I want to know more about that. Everyone wants to know more about that. Um, what, what options what, are. What the whole, yeah, I want to know everything about it. It's, uh, you know, I think everyone understands the basics of stocks right you buy stocks you own a little bit in a company you yeah. watch it if it goes up you sell if it, if you lose too much you dump it right options so, options are a thing that for me really made it all click in the sense that it opened the floodgates for realizing just how big the whole thing is the whole industry just how many moving parts there are it is so much more complex than just simple buying and selling of stocks there are mechanisms at work that just make you go, oh, whoa, there's way more ways to do things and make money and lose money. And there's so many more powers and influences that most people don't even realize exist. Right. And, and a so, big key to that is there. I mean, the big name is derivatives, but options are the thing. Right. And you've probably heard of options before. What do you. Well, so options, I mean, there, you know, there's options contracts outside of. The context of stocks, right? You sure. can, it's you, a contract, right? You can buy an option in, you know, a house and be like, I want to be able to buy it for this price. And Did then you, you pay Google a... something about options because I remember no. when, when you Google like options explained. There's a very popular video where they use buying a home as an example, and it's a good example. I think that's probably the most popular example. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to dive in right now and explain what an option is, and then we'll get into like the function of how they fit in with stocks and whatnot. And then some of my trades and how I use them and how it can bring you from just a little, using a little bit of money to make a lot of money, right? right. So an option is, oh boy, man, this is going to be tough. This is going to be complicated stuff, you guys. Make it it's exciting, very, it's complicated. Make it funny. I'll make it exciting make it and funny. I'm going to try to just, the biggest thing I always try to emphasize with this is just don't overthink it. It's a very simple, comp it's a, it's not at all complicated. I mean, it is complicated, but at its core, the, the the concept is very simple. So I think it is simple, but then it gets very complicated. Yes, it does. But so what is an option? It's a contract that is between a buyer and a seller. The person selling the contract is also known as the writer. They're writing the contract for you, the buyer. And it's basically giving you the right. It's saying, hey, you have the right to buy the, it's called the underlying, meaning like if it's a house, the house is the underlying thing that we're writing the contract for 
Make sense? Yep. And it's locking you into a price at today's, you know, it's locking you into a set price, but with a ticking clock element. So like locking you into, you know, $200,000 today and we've got this contract that says, yeah, you get to buy the house at $200,000 no matter what. A week right. from now, even a month if the value now. shoots up to a million bucks, yes, you get to buy it for because you've 000. got the contract. You, hey, you said that you would right. sell it to me, but you don't get that for free. You bought that contract, right, for some premium, right? I'm gonna dumb it down to a very, very simple um, thought exercise here. I don't know why, but I want to use pudding, okay, as an example. Let's say, let's say, <laughs> let's say you're. I'm selling pudding, and pudding man. I'm the pudding guy. And uh, options are basically like coupons. You've used coupons before. I've used them. A coupon says what? I get a little discount on something I want to buy. Yeah. It's either a discount or buying it at a set price. Like normally yogurt or uh, pudding. Normally pudding you got is- yogurt on the brain, my man. <laughs> I've, I'm always thinking about yogurt. Pudding is normally five bucks, but this little coupon says you can buy it for four bucks, mm-hmm. right? But- the thing is with options and these coupons is you don't just get them for free. You pay money for them. They are an entirely, there's stocks and then there's options. There's, there's pudding and then there's coupons. And the coupons you can buy and sell freely just as well as you can the pudding, just as well as you can the stocks. Right. And the price of the coupons is directly related to the price of the pudding. This is a bad example. It's not bad. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's say I'm selling the pudding right now for $5 a pack. And you come to me and you're like, God dang, that pudding looks tasty. I got a big old thing, a tub of Cool Whip that I've just been waiting to use to dollop onto that that pudding. You put Cool Whip on the pudding? Oh, hell yeah. Pudding on Cool Whip or Cool Whip on, cool whip on pudding is so delicious. I don't know if I've ever even had pudding. It's okay. We it's can- good. So you come to me and you're like, I don't really know if I want to buy pudding just yet. It's five bucks, but the price could go up next week to $6, $7, $8, $9. I'd like to lock in that $5 price today. Right. So I'm going to say, all right, man, I'll do that. I'm going to use this granola bar as an example. This is the contract. Hey, I lick my pen and I say, Emil has the right to buy this pudding for $5 and I'm going to give it a month. You right. have a month to use this contract. And obviously, that's putting a little bit of risk on me. Cause that's if it, putting a little risk on me. Oh, my God. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So good. Sorry. That is pudding. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's putting a little bit of risk on my end because if I just give this to you, I could be shooting myself in the foot because pudding shoots up to $10 next week. You come waving this thing in my face saying... Hey man, you signed a contract. You right. got to sell it to me for five, no matter what. So obviously, I'm not just going to give you this contract for free. I'm going to charge you. Let's say I charge you ten cents. Does that sound fair? Fine. So ten cents. You got the contract. Thanks, pal. Right. Next week, let's say pudding shoots to six dollars a pack. Ooh. And you've got that contract that you paid ten cents five, for five, that locks maybe. you in at five, right? What is that contract now worth by itself? Don't make me do math. It's worth a dollar. <laughs> because it's the difference between the price that locked you in, five, and the price that the pudding currently is, six. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So on your 10 cent investment, you just made 90 cents profit, Woo! which is how much percentage? It's a 900% profit that you just made. My God. Versus if you had just bought the pudding outright, you would have only made, what is that? 20%. Okay. The $1 increase to $6. So now imagine if you had bought $5,000 worth of those. With a 900%? Yes. Versus buying $5,000 worth of the pudding itself, only making 20% on that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So now since you're betting on it going up, that's a certain type of option. It's called a call option. Right. The other type is when you're betting on it going down because you put. can do that. It's called a put option. It's the same mechanics. So if you bought a put option, with the five, it's called a strike price. Wait, but so a call is the right to buy. It's the right to buy. Put is the right to sell. Yes. Right. Yes. You're selling short. And the puts are often managing risk. Right. Yes. Okay. A put is is what they call like a hedge because you're hedging your bet. You're making. You're like. Right. You're defining your risk a little. If and you're also, just, I don't know if you've said this, but these are all these little contracts. Mm -hmm. You're not obligated to do anything. These no. are these are the rights. You can buy them and mm -hmm. sell them freely. Options are basically a side bet on the entire market. Right. You've got the horse race that is. I'm just throwing analogies all over the place. Right. The horse race. I'm just sitting at the track, covered in pudding, betting on a horse. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You're, you're naked. Someone's calling the cops. They got this guy yelling at him about pudding and cool. If he's never tried it before, they're trying to hose me off. Get all this pudding. He's trying there. to buy tickets for ten cents. We're trying to explain that the minimum buy-in is twenty thousand dollars. That'd be a very expensive horse race. But you've got the horse race itself that is the stock market, and it's a multi-billion-dollar enterprise in itself and then the options market is equally big if not bigger people making side bets like hey i think that amazon's gonna go to three thousand by next week and by next week is a, is a key component here there's a time there's a ticking clock so like if in a month the price of pudding stays five dollars the price of your contract is slowly going to deteriorate in value. Right. It's going to decay. That's what they call it. It's going to drop to nine cents, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. Eventually, it's going to expire worthless if the price of pudding stays at $5. But if pudding shoots up to $50 a pack, you're making out like a bandit. And then I'm screwed. And I am... What I'm doing is... You, you know, the person who sold the yeah, options. because company. I'm obligated, no matter what, I am obligated, contractually obligated, to sell you the pudding for $5 a pack. Right. Now, that's what's called a covered call, because I own the pudding, mm -hmm. and I'm writing a call contract and selling it to you. There's another thing that people do. It's called naked call writing. Right. People which is, if you don't even own, this. people have gotten into very, very big trouble doing this, and we'll get to a a nasty story about it. If I don't even own the pudding, I can still write the contracts. I'm still doing the side bet. I'm still going, dang, I see that guy over there. He's got that pudding going for $5 a pack. I think that that pudding is going to go down in value. So I'm going to write a ton of options and sell them to people because I'm going to collect the money. It's called the premium. That's the price that you pay for the contract. 10 cents is your premium. And that's the premium that I would collect as the writer of the contract. Is all of this making sense? Do you have any Yeah, questions? I'm just going back to the covered call. That one, you already own it. So no matter what, you're just losing the money you already sunk into it. Yes. Naked call, 
you don't own. You're going to have to buy the thing, that stock to sell it at that price. Yes. So if I'm writing the contract <clears throat> and it goes up to $50 per pack, I have to fulfill my obligation to sell you the pudding. So I have to go buy it for $50 and then Oof. sell it to you. Yeah. Oof is right, man. Do you ever do naked calls? Never. Right. Ever. I don't even, I, I don't even think I'm, you have to have a certain amount of money and you have to have a certain amount of experience to get your broker to give you permission to do it. Because if you screw yourself, eventually you run out of money and your broker is going to be on the line. But there's all sorts of mechanisms in place to prevent that. They would likely just cut your position if it were to go against you. But but I do want to know how you learned all this stuff first. Like where, like, is there... It took me a while to really understand the mechanics of how it worked and understanding the mechanics. Once it clicks, it's like, oh, it's very simple. It's just, you know, the, the option kind of moves in tandem or or not with the price of the underlying. The underlying is the stock. But did you have resources you were using or... Yeah, you know, I'd Google it and still try to understand it. But the, the thing is with a lot of these resources online, they, they really stick to a buy the book definition. So it's like, it is the right to buy or sell a stock at a given price within a given time frame. And I'm like, that okay, that makes sense. But just make it in English. Use pudding. God, can you, you just understand put it, anything? I can understand anything if you put it in terms of pudding and Cool Whip. Please. <laughs> Investopedia, get your act together. It's insane. Yeah. The everything missed opportunity. Should everything should be pudding related. All it's the key to life. It's the key to life. And I've make the pudding whipped. The all what is pudding. Pudding is just a concoction of chocolate and cream and heavy heavy cream and stuff. I don't know. Who cares? Okay. So like I'll I'll use my big Amazon trade as a great example. Yeah, this is the story I want. And this was a a really. Normally, you know, you can buy an option that has a week of time value. You can buy one that has a month of time value. You can buy one that has nine months, a year. They can go out to like two or three years. So what do you think the price is going to do the further out you go? Drop. No, it's going to be higher, right? Because you're buying more time. If I'm giving you a three-year contract... Oh, I'm, st- I'm not going to charge you 10 cents. Because then at any point, you can watch it go up. Yeah, the more time I'm giving you, there's zero, that's there's a lot more. Yeah. I thought you meant once you already had the contract, what's going to happen to the price? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the price of a contract is going to is naturally just going to kind of go towards zero mm-hmm. as the clock ticks down, as the clock winds down. And if the price of the pudding doesn't move up in kind in time, the value of your contract eventually becomes worthless or worth a lot. So on this particular Amazon trade- How long I, was it? How, how long was your contract? It was a single day. So day? they expire on Fridays. There are certain index options that expire Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, but for this, for stocks, it's, it's Fridays. Damn. There are bigger stocks like Amazon have weekly options. So there are ones that expire this week. There are ones that expire next week and the week after and so on. So- this particular day, and it all kind of ties into the, the next thing. It was, it was insane. My rationale behind it was Amazon had gone up about 20% into this earnings report, right? Okay. It had risen for a month, going up 20%. It was at all-time highs. 
Everybody was anticipating a blowout quarter. That's exactly what happened. And Amazon opened up the, that Friday, like, I don't know, 5 10%. It was huge. It was the only green stock that day in a sea of red. It was like the first, the market had also gone to all-time highs and then had started to plummet this Friday. I mean, the market, the S&P 500 was down like 2.5%, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Every, I'm talking every single stock was blood red. And here was Amazon opening way high after having gone up this much. You remember I was telling you that there's that old adage, buy the rumor, sell the news, right? right. So that was kind of knocking around in my head. I'm like, how much of this move is still not digested by the market? Everybody's anticipating this blowout quarter. It has already gone up so much. And then it goes up even more on top of that on a day when everything is collapsing on a Friday. I think this thing is ripe for a drop. So I placed an $8,000 bet that by the end of the day, Amazon would be below Fifteen thirty per share, right? Okay. And it opened at like fifteen sixty, so I needed to drop thirty points mm -hmm. intraday, like by the end of the day. And I'm like, oh, this is a sure thing. Oh my god, it's 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 already wait, wait, up. So let's back up. Okay. You placed an eight thousand dollar bet. Yes, I bought the puts. Right. Saying fifteen thirty, if it goes below, I score. If it stays above, I'm screwed. Right. Mm -hmm. So what does Amazon do all day? 1560, 1550, 1540, bounce. 1540, bounce. All day, 1540, bounce. And I'm just watching my 1530 put contracts just rapidly go down to zero because I've only got like six hours left, five hours left, four hours left before they expire. That's it. And it's looking increasingly like, oh man, it's just going to stay and not do anything. And I'm just pulling my hair out and I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I was wrong. You know? Lost $8,000. Lost $8,000. Crap. I guess I'm going to keep my job after all. Because the whole thing was, if I do well this week and kind of like, you know, I'm waiting for a sign from God that, you know, whether or not I keep my job. In the last hour of trading, like right I was living on the East Coast, 3 o'clock, market closes at 4. 1540, 1538, 1540, 1537, 1538, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 1537, 
I was like, oh, sh- $92,000, something like that. I, it was like just above 90. You son of a gun, you did it. And they had gone, I was down like 95% at one point. It just all the money was just gone. But then, yeah, at the last minute. So that's like the miracle of options. That's what can happen. But that also speaks to a big risk because the people writing those contracts to me is a combination of just other traders out there, but it's also like big banks, right? JP Morgan and Bank of America, the, the big, smarter, more capable, more knowledgeable traders out there are using their models to predict where the price is going to go. They're selling me those contracts, right? So it's in their best interest to what? Hope you lose this bet. Yes. And how are they going to do that? By keeping the price doing the, I mean obviously they're not they don't have the money and resources to single-handedly keep a stock right. like Amazon afloat. But you can see how many contracts there are outstanding on a given day at a given strike price. And that can give you an idea of where the price might not want to go below or above. Right. So if everyone's betting, if everybody's they're doing like their- I said last time, if everybody's betting on a certain outcome, right. it's more likely than not sometimes that it's not going to happen. It's not going to play out in that way. But the opposite can happen where you have like GameStop, where people just bought so many options that it just got out of control. Right. And there was a lot of naked selling with those options where people were just banks and whoever were writing these contracts for which they didn't own the shares. And then when the price goes crazy, they have no choice but to buy the shares. And it creates this feedback loop of buying shares to cover the contracts that you've just written. And it just, it's like a, bar, a wet bar of soap. You know, you're just squeezing it everywhere. Oh, I'm trying to wash myself and this bar of soap is just slipping out of my hands. Right. Does so, this all track? Yeah, this all tracks. If you've got questions about this, good luck. Well, so I I get questions from friends. Being Leave it like, in the comments does, or tweet me. How does Ben do this? Yeah. So I am curious if you have a uh, if I mean you explained it you explained it a little bit in your Amazon trade, but I think people are curious what your strategy is here. But I imagine it changes every time, right? You're just yeah. Sometimes I'm buying ones that expire that day on Fridays. Um, Options traders call them Lotto Fridays because it can feel like you're playing the lottery. The lotto. Where it's like, oh man, I could pick up this contract for five cents. Right. And you just got to hope that you get just some random surge or collapse that would shoot those from five cents to 50 cents or $5. And I've seen it happen. I mean, it happens all the time, but it's a total crapshoot. Right. But I think that's the problem. Everyone's looking for an answer, but. Yes. There isn't a good answer. You are, no. and I mean. It's all, I mean, you could be up 500% in one minute and back down to only being up 20% the next. Right. It's all, excuse me, it's all just about risk management for your own. It's about knowing when to ring the register. Like a good rule of thumb is if you get a double, if you're up 100%, sell half so that you've at least covered the cost of mm. your initial position. And then the rest is just riding free. Okay. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, you can sell half of that and then so on and so forth. But God, it is, it sounds simple. It is the hardest thing in the world to do. Right. I think that's the problem. Everyone hears Ben made $90,000 in a day and they're like, oh yeah, let me. That was so lucky. Right. Let me. That was so lucky. Yeah. I could have exercised, I mean, the 
the good disciplined thing to do would have been to cut my losses within the first hour. Right. But I didn't because I, I did. See, now there's the other half of this is I had a plan and I stuck to it. And if you're an ambitious trader out there who's getting started, having a plan and sticking to the plan is crucial. Like if, if price action starts to go against you, go back to what your plan was. Re- reflect on what your time frame is. Did you stick to your plan? Because it sounds like you were ready to... I did. Because <laughs> I, I, I mean, everything made sense to me. And I might also just be falsely assigning... I mean, these things might not have actually been the reason why it dropped. But for me, it was, it was plain as day. It was like, who is paying 1550 60 I think it actually shot up to... To sixteen hundred that day, I'm like, who is buying Amazon at sixteen hundred dollars a share, all time highs after going up twenty percent into this quarter, while the market is looking like it's about to absolutely just drop for God knows how long and who knows how far. Right. It just felt like you're you're literally going to be buying the top. And what other what other news is going to keep Amazon going thereafter? I mean, now it's obviously at like thirty three hundred a share, but at the time. That's what my thinking was. Damn. Yeah. Suck it, Jeff Bezos. Well. Jeff Bezos! Uh, I don't know if you got one over on Jeff. No, I don't. I don't think anyone's getting one over on that guy. So there's a, there's a hedge... He's technically not a hedge fund. He does... Ma- he, manages, he managed, excuse me, 290 client accounts, meaning a hedge fund, you are... You're... you're um, your liability as a participant is limited to what you put in. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you put in, it could go to zero. That's it. But this guy was like logging into people's accounts and trading on their behalf. Right. James Cordier, I think. James Cordier. Therefore, if he screws up or does something bad, as the owner of the account, you're on the hook. So this guy had a website called optionsellers.com. And what did he do, as the name implies? He sold options. He sold. I mean, options. not only that, this guy. I mean, the story is so funny. This guy was like the options guy. He literally. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. He like had a textbook, like yeah, from but McGraw like Hill. he, he fancied it. that was good marketing on his part. Ah, okay. He was just a guy who, um, his whole thing was selling naked call options on natural gas futures. Right. And futures are just a type of option. It's just you're betting on the future price of things like natural gas, oil gold, wheat, things like that, commodities. So this guy, his thing, I think it was around, it was the time of year was October or November, just a couple years ago. And he's selling, his whole strategy had been selling these naked options, just collecting the premium the options go to zero and that's it. Just right. Over he was and doing over. pretty good on just that, getting yeah. them like a decent return. Yeah. And it works like 90% of the right. time, but there's that 10% long tail possibility that it can go against you. And that's exactly what happened. And he lost, I think, yeah, he lost $150 million. He lost so much money. His clients not only went to zero in their accounts, but they ended up owing right. more money on top of it. They had to cover it. Yes. They were on the hook because I pull up a chart. There's a chart here. If you scroll down just a little bit, that's that's the chart for the, um, well, I mean, this is this is an ETF for it, but it's funny. They get so cute with the, the symbols. Look, you see what the symbol is for this? 
boil. boil. Oh yeah, boil. they're like Congress when they make a when they make a new law. It always stands for something. Yeah, it's always some kind of like the Patriot Act. Everything stands for something. Oh, oh, really? Like, the P and the A and the T. And yeah, the, it's wild. The P stands for Patriot. The A stands for Atriot. The T stands for Triot. Mm-hmm. Like, R stands. Do you know for, what the Insider Trading Law is called? No. The Stock Act. Really? And it stands for something. S stands for stock. Okay. T stands for talk. No. no. Anyway. You, can you guess what it is? No, I don't. Stop trading on congressional knowledge. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. So we've got this chart here for um, liquid natural gas. So as you can see, he was he was selling. So like you got 400 there on the right. I'll just use that as an example. So he's selling, he was probably selling like the $400 contract. Okay. Assuming, oh, it's never going to get to 400. And part of his reasoning was uh, it was forecast that the winter was going to be warmer than usual. Therefore, people aren't going to be heating their homes and all there things like that. There wouldn't be as much of a need for natural yeah, gas. Yeah, there wouldn't be as much of a need for natural gas. But sometimes these events happen. And I put the little uh-oh there because it started to break out <laughs> and kind of like consolidate in that little strip where, oh, crap, it's not going down. And then look what happened thereafter. And I put the LMAO, no, because that's where he got absolutely blown out. So let's say he was selling those yeah, and again, this up. isn't exactly what he was selling, but just to use this as an example, because this does represent um, natural gas. If he was selling those $400 contracts for, let's say, 20 bucks a pop, what happens when natural gas shoots up to 700 Oh, right here at the top. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So those contracts that he sold naked for 20 bucks, And he didn't own any of those. No. No. So and then he was actually killing himself too because he had to buy all of those at the contracts, which was in turn pushing the price higher, which was also continuing to screw him. But what ended up happening is he posted an apology video on YouTube. Oh yeah, it's pretty. You know, I thought I was really going to enjoy watching a hedge fund manager uh, cry into the camera, but it's it's not enjoyable in any way. It's the most bizarre. He, by the way, is fine. He wasn't on the hook for any of it, and he didn't have insurance. He didn't have. Any sort of hedge to... I also just, tried to find another video of him because, I mean, we'll play a little bit, but I have ne- I wanted to know if this is how he always talks. I've never seen someone I don't someone think so. I think he was like so this. in shock about what had just happened over the course of just a couple of days. Boom, gone. There's a So we're going to play some clips here. I, I, I designated a couple time signatures. Here he is. Curtin Grace in Michigan. So sorry to say that we never got to go bass fishing. <laughs> he's he, he's so. he's talking to all of his he's talking clients to all his clients. Lost their money, and he's he's saying to he's pointing out a few individuals, just saying like, "I'm so sorry." And he pauses because well, the whole thing is he says, "These are not my clients; they're my family." Yeah, they're my family. And so he calls them all out. Yeah, and it's just devastating. I was just I was looking forward to going fishing, and now we're not going to do. Yeah. This. I wound up walleye fishing on Lake Erie. It was not nearly as satisfying as had I got to go with you. Because now you Crying hate me. in Kansas City. Thank you so much for the barbecue sauce. Thank you so much for the barbecue sauce. <laughs> I will enjoy it and think of you always in the future. 
This is what I'm talking. Valerian Rex he pauses for yeah. seconds at he's a time. Traumatized because in his mind he's thinking ah ah, <laughs> and he's got his cufflinks and his his nice watch and there's some other clips are great. Where, I don't know where, if he if we'll get to. I mean, the video is ten minutes long. He does yeah, it's ten, ten minutes po- long. But and he and he talks about his. He says that his dad used to drive an eight hundred footer. Which, Which is, is not a uh, sailboat that's I, eight, dude, I think I was he meant like, 80 feet. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I was. I can't even picture it in my no. head. It's so fucking big. Uh, but, and he has all these metaphors for sailing. He uses the metaphor that you all entrusted me as the captain of this right. ship. And every day I was steering it nice and slow until one day a rogue wave hit. Yeah, and he and I saying, wasn't able to anticipate it. He keeps it. saying rogue waves, but my absolute favorite is he says he took, he took all his clients with his calls on speaker so that he could keep his hands like this the whole time. <laughs> Boy, James. What an absolute psychopath. And he's fine now. I mean, he's got, I, I read an article, he's got like his um his house in, in Tampa Bay, Florida or something. And is there one more clip of him that I, I put some more time signatures here. Let's. So many of you chose to entrust in us <laughs> The ability to navigate in the world of investing. Ugh. Come on, Practically buddy. every time we spoke of positioning your account the best we could, I referred back to my father, who used to sail an 800-footer. <laughs> okay, this is, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> An 800-foot sailboat. So this rogue wave is something that you... Okay, so this is... this is There's a little bit of a lesson here, too. Never entrust your money to someone who's not this kind of person who promises... Like, just do a little bit of vetting. I, I don't know. I don't just But avoid. I think that's the thing. Like, he, I think what you're saying about the marketing thing, I think he did do a really good job of, you know, he was on, I think he would go on CNBC. He was on Bloomberg or, yeah, CNBC or Bloomberg or something. He had the book. Yeah. It, like, got, you know, they, they did three different editions of it. It's like, and he was optionsellers.com. This was the guy. If you want to do options, he's always going to get you your returns. And the thing is with options, and this is a, a cautionary tale, is the major, I don't know the statistics. It's like 90 percent of options expire worthless that's just the game and yeah it's it's it can be more lucrative to be on the selling side of it but if you're gonna do that you have to have you have to be hedged you have to have something in place to protect you like if he had bought some call options a little further out to protect him it would have mitigated his losses and cap it would have made it fixed so that if it kept going up, the call options that he had would have offset the, the so naked So you're saying ones. he wasn't actually doing he a good job not, of he was doing a terrible waves. Job. I mean, he was caught with his pants down. Yeah, he I was, don't know. He keeps, and he goes on to describe, he, he keeps saying that I was looking out for rogue waves and he was like, I would, I would go home and have a glass of wine yeah, and, and check at my... At dinner, he would just like look for rogue waves. Yeah. Like, what are you looking for? And that's the danger of things like commodities. Because Wouldn't the they market can, be closed at that time anyway? Well, commodities trade at all different oh. hours. Um, commodities are fun. I would actually like to do that at a future time where, like, if, for example, if you buy a barrel of oil, an oil futures contract, and let it and keep it until expiration, you will get a barrel of oil. 
Let's buy a barrel we of oil. We should buy a pork belly, a barrel of oil, a, a thing of wheat, coffee. And just play Settlers of Catan. There's an interesting onion futures story too, where onion futures got banned from being traded because there was one guy years ago who like cornered the market and just, he made onions worthless. Like you couldn't give them away because of what, I don't know, he like fixed the, it's a whole thing. We'll have to do that another time. We could but, do an episode on the Onion King. Yeah. But the Onion King. There's another story that I wanted to share. Oh, the ETFs? Yes. About, it, it, it was, I believe it was from that same day that I traded Amazon. Um, it was in February of 2018. And there's a name for what happened. It was called, people call it the Volpocalypse or the Vixplosion. Do you know what the VIX is? V-I-X? It stands for the Volatility Index. Do you know what volatility is? Oh, yeah. It is the measure of how volatile... It, it's based on the S&P in the pricing of options in the S&P, but all you got to know, basically, is that another name for it is the Fear Index. That When the VIX is high, it means that it's a little tumultuous. Right. It's, it's chaotic. Up and down constantly. You don't know what it's going to And do. when the VIX is low, things are... Ooh, oh, excuse me. Nice and steady, unlike you. Unlike me. When the VIX is low, things are calm. The market is generally rising. You know, roughly. That's basically what you got to know. And there are ETFs that trade based on all sorts of things. But there are are and were ones. Should you explain what an ETF is? An ETF is called an exchange traded fund. Right. It is a fund that trades on an exchange. Yeah, but it's like fixed to a certain commodity yeah, there, or there like are, diversified a bunch of different on a bunch of different things. It's not like owning one. Yeah. An ETF like the SPY, SPY, is an ETF for the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. And it's basically instead of buying the S&P 500 itself, you are buying the ETF for it which is the same thing. It's the basket of stocks that comprise the S&P. Right. It's the 500 stocks that you are buying in one handy little mechanism. All ETFs have a prospectus that outlines like how the pricing works, what it's based on. Um, in some cases, there's uh, like an expiration date, I believe. There are rules in place that govern how the thing trades, right? So there were these... There exist things called inverse ETFs that do the opposite of the thing that it measures, right? So like for the VIX, there were these inverse ETFs so that when the VIX goes down, the ETF goes up, right? So it's just a bet? It's just a bet, yeah. it's, but it's, it's inverted. Right. And these, there were a couple, the symbols were XIV, which is clever because it's the backwards right. of VIX, and there was SVXY. And both of them were mechanisms for shorting the VIX via the means of going long these inverse names, right? And there was complacency involved at the time because people were just kind of, yeah, the, so if you, sorry, if we scroll up here, I just want to read this. So, so leading up to early 2018, the market was totally complacent. It's just new highs trucking along every day. And the VIX was like in the low teens, which is so low. It's just like there is absolutely no fear out there. Nothing's happening. Everything's calm. But that's a little dangerous because people were shorting every little time it would pop up. Oh, it's another time to just like short the VIX via buying the dip 
on the inverse as it just keeps <clears throat> going higher, right? The SVXY. So, like I said, with each drop in the VIX, the inverse ETF would keep going higher, and it almost the the inverse thing almost became a proxy for the market itself. Uh, sorry if this is like boring, by the way. I know. No. I'm fucking, I'm they, everyone's asking for it. Yeah, everybody's asking for it. So the the risk that nobody accounted for was that the VIX was so low that the likelihood for it to double suddenly is like very possible because like it's a lot easier to go from 10 to 20 than it is from like 50 to 100, right? Right. And in the fine print of these inverse ETFs was basically... That if the underlying, if the thing that is based on goes up 100% in a day, this thing is worthless. That's it. It's just worthless. And there was this small little hedge fund based out of Denver that knew that and placed a modest bet. The uh, So like here, this this lays it out perfectly most conventional investments have theoretically unlimited upside potential you buy amazon at 10 and it could go to 10 million right that leaves inverse etfs vulnerable to complete loss of value if the investment that they track posts a daily gain approaching 100 percent. because their whole thing is we do the opposite of what it does right right so what's the opposite of 100 percent? zero zero right so in, in February 2018, there was a sudden drop in the market and a sudden spike in volatility. Here's the VIX. Look at that. See all that complacency at the end of 2017, going into the beginning of 2018, and then you had a little bit of a pop, and then it jumps up a little bit, and then that one day where it went from a low of 17.5 to an intraday high of just about 37.5 represented more than 100%. So what happened to the uh, SVXY, the next chart we have pulled up here, the inverse volatility index? You can guess it absolutely collapsed on itself. Wow. Yeah. So these guys, these smart hedge fund guys, had bought put options. This is not accurate pricing because it has since done splits. So the price isn't adjusted for what it was, but just for the sake of this, Let's say they bought the $300 puts for like 10 cents, $200,000 worth they bought. And they turned that into $17 million Holy shit. in like a single day because they saw what no one else did. It was like a mini big short kind of thing where everybody's just greedy and complacent. And there's some cautionary tales. I found there was a subreddit dedicated that people had just made their entire trading careers out of shorting the VIX. And there was this guy, oh, and here's the corresponding chart for the S&P that day. Um, that, I mean, one of them is in there, is the accurate one, but uh, I think it's that first big red one, that first full, uh, yeah, right there. That was that Friday where I shorted Amazon because I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, every, it's just, it's in a free fall. But there were these guys, There's there were people all over this subreddit saying that they just got completely wiped out. There was one guy who had said that he lost, like, he was in, in the army or something, and he had taken $5,000 and turned it into, like, $3 million, And then all in one fell swoop, it was just gone, just poof. 
And you ever, he, you ever worry this is going to happen to you? No, because I'm not doing anything like that. That's that. It's kind of there. There's a, a. It's it's like picking up pennies in front of a steamroller, or nickels in front of a steamroller. Right. It's like yeah, you're getting a ooh a nickel, ooh a nickel, and it adds up. But buddy, you slip and fall, you're gonna get run over by a murderous homicidal steamroller, steamroller operator. operator. <laughs> yeah, steamroll operator. So. And that's another cautionary tale because this guy had said that he had family and friends who had entrusted him with their savings to make oh. money. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Seriously. If you are if you know someone who's like, oh, I've got a family friend or someone who is, you know, has had some success in trading, do not risk your money. If Sure, if you want to take a small percentage and give it to them to play around with, that's your thing. But do not entrust your livelihood in someone who doesn't have the professional experience or the wherewithal to avoid a rogue wave like right. that. Cause well, this is the problem. And we've talked about this a little bit. It, you know, I feel bad when everyone wants to get in on this so bad because it seems like this easy way to make a quick buck, but it's not. It's uh, Number one, it's not easy. Like, I think... No, it is so hard. I think... I have a good idea because we're close friends and you tell me all this stuff, but I think, you know, people hear about the highs and I mean, you've lost a nice. Oh, I've lost so much money. It's I'll, I'll have to do some of my biggest losses and they're devastating. Oh yeah. Uh, and they're, and s- they're soul crushing. Cause people, people will be like, you gotta let me talk to Ben. Like he can show me how to do it. And I'm like, look, I told you, you heard about the $90,000 day, but like you've, I've seen you like stressed out. Like I'm, I'm down a lot and I yeah. have been for a while. I don't it's, think people are really... It's Trading is like 70 to 80% losing. You're losing so much. Right. The key is managing those losses, knowing when to cut them, having rules in place, having a plan to follow that. Okay, I'm going to cut it at 10% or I'm going to cut it at whatever your number is. Right. And then the other side of that that is equally hard is taking profits when you have them. Because like, oh, I'm up, you know... I'm up $5,000. What if I hold on to it and I can make 20? And people operate like newbies, at least how I did. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to sell. I'm going to hold on. It's, it's, it's hard on both sides. And you don't know it until you're doing it with actual money in real time, clicking the buttons, doing it for yourself. It is, it's really hard. And this is... <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because on our on our screen here I was seeing that um, our trusty producer was reminding us that um, Succession uh, yeah but so well is back I hope that what I hope that everyone because there have been a lot of comments looking for this type of thing and I hope uh, yeah I hope we got Just, them with it's very complicated it's very complicated they can options are are very advanced and. They take a lot of time and um, don't look on Wall Street bets and get enticed by people who are YOLOing their life savings into, into right. things. There's no glory in that. And it's just... But it, I think I had said in the first episode of... I said something like, you know, that if you don't have a lot of money, there's no way to really get in and make some money on the stock market. But this seems like a way where you can kind of make a little... Yeah, it is definitely a way to to but leverage it's also what risky. little. Yeah, it's super risky because you're basically you have to be right, you have to be directionally right, and you have to be right within a certain time frame, and that is so difficult. It it's hard to put into words unless you try it for yourself. Right, because you've got to 
It's like Wayne Gretzky said, I don't see where the puck, I don't go where the puck is, I go where the puck is going to be. And that's what options are. You've got to go where the puck's going to be. Damn, I thought you were going to do the other one. What other one? I love hockey, which is what Wayne Gretzky famously said. Well, that's two hockey references. You're going to keep doing Justin Bieber. I'm going to keep making hockey references. The Canadian said, hey, thanks for making it so I can understand yeah, this. Well, no, the, you know the, famous, gotta, you know the famous Gretzky one. What? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Oh, yeah. Which would have been horrible advice for this. Yeah, it would have been horrible So go advice. to where the puck is. Yeah. Don't take every shot. Yeah, don't take every shot. I mean, you got to learn to skate first, too. Yeah. Learn to skate. Move to Canada. Yeah. So for our last uh, segment here, we wanted to... Well, because people think we're recording these early. Yeah. No, the, we're recording we're them recording last Monday minute. morning. Yeah, Monday, Monday morning. Monday morning, and they go out. It's It's... Wow, so it's 6 a.m. Monday we didn't morning. Have, we didn't have time to pick up a newspaper. We were going to hold up a, a newspaper from yeah, today. Yeah, didn't have time. But what we can do is talk a little bit about su- last night. Did you see the succession season premiere episode. of Succession? Unbelievable. Oh, God. I can't believe Kendall did that, number one. Uh, <laughs> can I try to do Kendall? Sure. Dad, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to be sorry. He, or he He's not sorry. And what's his name? Logan's. Oh, Fuck off. Oh, I can't. I, I don't want to. I can't do him very well. I feel, Logan Roy is my least. I feel like Logan Roy was a good one. The Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Who's he your was best okay. one? Kendall's I like, pretty good. I like doing, um. what's his name? Roman. Um, Roman. You know, this guy. That I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you don't know what's going on anywhere. Because uh, if you haven't seen, I've got a shill for myself here. I guess I, I a couple of years oh ago. Oh my I, god, this is two years ago. I know it, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. If you're a fan of Succession, go onto my Twitter page at BunCon and check out the. Uh, I always thought it was BoonCon. Boon? Why, no. Why Bun? Because one time years ago, I went to a Mexican restaurant and there was a thing where you could fill out uh, your address to get you know. 20% off your birthday or something. And I thought it would be funny to put bun instead of Ben. And I forgot about it. And then, you know, a year later, I get a thing in the mail. that says, bun con, happy birthday. Come to, you know, Casa Vega for, for your birthday. And I was like, my name's, not, my name's not bun. So that one really paid off. That one really paid off. You bet bet high on that one. Yeah. Plus Big someone returns. else has Ben Con taken. Um and I don't. I think. I think it might be a soccer coach in the oh. UK. Well, if you're tuning in from the UK, try to get Ben's handle back. No, no, the guy's really nice. We follow each other. No way. Yeah, yeah. His name's yeah. His name's Ben. You guys talk. I've tweeted him a couple times. I think I got to get over to the UK and go to a game and get a picture with this guy. He's apparently a great coach. Amazing. Yeah, people are very happy with him. But anyway, um, yeah. I I I, th- my, <laughs> I wish I could do. Um, I wish I had the makeup and the and the wigs to do the Siobhan, Siobhan and Marsha. Can you do Siobhan? Not really. It just was making a face and. <gasps> Can you and do Tom? Tom Wom. Tom Wom scans. Shiv. Wow. It's, it's basically just putting your your. It's it's getting puppy eyed and eyes up and getting a little bit of lip and your bottom teeth out and just, you know, he's kind of breathy and and. Shiv, it's just that. That's a really good time. The thing is with impressions like that, like 
I can only do a couple. I know words. it seems like you kind of peter <laughs> it seems out like after I can do the whole thing. I can't talk like him for. But other ones like you know uh, what's his name? Um, uh, geez, Louise uh, Culkin. What's his name? Kieran Culkin. Yeah, Roman. Okay, give me a Roman. I can do. Yeah, he, he's the. You put your shoulders up and you just make your voice high. Yeah, that's it. And you do a little bit of confidence, confidence face. That's all it is. All right. Okay, so we won't spoil anything, but no. we watched last night. It's a very good episode. There's you a guys... plane crash and everyone dies. All right. <laughs> we weren't going to tell it's them. It's a but... limited series. Yeah. A one episode run. So if you guys didn't watch last night, sorry. But Yeah. Man, I can't believe it's almost 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday. I know. Jeez. I'm tired. October 18th. Can you believe it's already here? I know. I can't believe they make us wake up this early. My birthday's this. coming. It is coming. Yeah, Scorpio. Season. I can't get you anything because the... Uh... The supply chain shortages. Yeah, it's sold okay. Out. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I've got plenty of chains at home. Chains. Oh, god damn it! Anyway, this has been a great episode three. We thank you very much for tuning in. Um, please tell all your friends, Apple yeah. Apple <laughs> Podcast listeners, step it up. Yeah, thanks please leave for, us thanks reviews. For everyone at Stanford Business School. Yeah, you suck. You suck, Stanford. Who needs you? Fifty thousand dollars a semester, and for what? We're gonna get. We're gonna be at a bar, and some guy who played water polo at Stanford is gonna kick some our asses. Some yoked nerd is gonna be like, yeah. oh, I go to Stanford, and I, I resent that remark. <laughs> I pay fifty thousand dollars. I'm gonna be, be, be a big lawyer, man. I'm gonna be a big doctor. I haven't decided yet because I'm only an undergrad, and I, I you know, well, you really can do podcast isn't very good, and I tell you, you making fun of me and. <laughs> I don't know what this is. That was a perfect Stanford impression. He's yoked. He's a huge dork. This guy. My name is Teddy. You know. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, Thanks that's to it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. We love you. Goodbye. I love you.